welcome to Cigarcast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Demon. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. I don't think you've ever needed a cigar more. That is true. We <laughs> I'm, are- I'm looking across at you. And you just really look like you need a cigar. <laughs> yeah, we were talking before the show started about the kind of day you're having. Uh-huh. And it's always fun when uh, you and I are at polar extremes. <laughs> well, I've had one of the best days, um, personally, financially, and everything else, that I've probably had in 10 years. Just had a great time, took the day off, went and played golf with my father and my brother, did a little bit of business, just had a, a blast all day, hadn't given it a thought. Good for the soul. Oh, yeah, good for the soul. You know, and I always say this. I, I may have said this on the show before. I may not have. I, was, I had a builder one time give me grief about knocking off a day of work to go play golf. And I asked him, I said, if you had one more day to go play golf with your father, would you be here drawing these houses? Yeah. <laughs> he said, no, go ahead. Yeah, but he's a he was an old school guy. He's one of those guys that believes you work till you die, and in, in a perfect world, work will be the death of you. Right, and all, and he can't understand. I'm I'm quality of life, man. There's a there's a certain amount of prioritization that you know, and anybody who's had a really bad boss will recognize. You know that word prioritize. You know your priorities. Yeah. It's usually kind of a pejorative. It's usually said in a negative light. But there's when you prioritize your life correctly, it's the best thing in the world. Well, and you have to remember what's important. I, I will, when my father passes away, which hopefully is many, many years away, there will never be a time that I'll say, boy, I wished instead of working I'd been with dad. Right. Because if the choice comes up of working or hanging with my dad, work can wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's now that's spoken like somebody that owns their own business and is the best in the world at what they do, but I worked hard to get to that position. Yeah. So that at this point in my life, I can enjoy it. Well, we've talked before, and I don't know, again, I don't know if we've said this on the show or if it's just been us talking, but, you know, uh, throughout his or her life, a person goes through seasons of sowing and seasons of reaping. And if you plant your crops well, then the reaping season is bountiful. And you just find yourself in a season of reaping right now. Well, and I've been reaping for a while, and I have done, I've done some sowing, you know, we're getting my real estate license and building that nice and slow. But the fact that I'm still reaping means I don't have to, I don't have to rush the crops. I can wait well, exactly. for them to come in of their own accord. Right. And all, and for days like that, this is a Padron commercial now. For days like this, you should smoke a Padron. There was no other cigar that I wanted more today, that made more sense for the day I've had than this Padron 1926 Number One. That is the finest in the line, as far as I'm concerned. Nicaraguan Puro, best in the business. Everybody else, I love Drew Estate. I love Foundation. I love all the other cigar fighters. They're all playing for second place. Right. When it comes to Padron, everybody else is playing for second place. So I went over the cigar I smoke when I've had a wonderful day. What's what's the cigar of a bad day? Well, it's not even so much a bad day as it's just been one of those days where I'm kind of tired and grumpy and just sort of... I I stayed up way too late last night, and... uh, so I've just been sort of exhausted all day long. And then you just have those those days where you work your butt off, but nothing seems to get done, if that makes sense. And so, um, interestingly, 
I am I am going to be smoking the cigar that, as of late, I think plays a very second, very good second place to the cigar you're smoking. We have talked about it a lot in recent weeks. We have both smoked the cigar and loved it, but I thought it was high time that we brought it on the show. This is the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua. The first Nicaraguan Puro they have ever made. They released it on, and this is this is why I love Nate McIntyre, right? He's the marketing coordinator for Miami Cigar, and he's been on the show with us before. He's a good friend of both of ours. He released the 107 on 107, right? <laughs> I just I love the symmetry of that. I love the the small attention to detail, and I think if nothing else sets the stage for this cigar, that does. It has a Nicaraguan-grown Habano wrapper. Binder is from the Jalapa Valley and a mix of filler from Condega and Esteli. It is a true Nicaraguan Puro. And if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, you saw my post from this last Friday. And you know how much I love this cigar. It changes flavor distinctly several times throughout smoking it. It's not a one-note chord. Not that I would ever expect that from La Aurora anyway. And there's just, there's just something special about this cigar. Now, the first time I had it was the first cigar of the day. And it was mind-blowingly brilliant. The next time I had it was pretty close on the heels of a very bold cigar. And while I still loved every moment of it, I was unable to pick up some of the nuances that I had the first time I smoked it. So I'm interested to see what this one does. It still is up there. And, you know, we, this time of year, constantly talk about, start thinking about the best cigar of the year. You know, what has come out, you know, because by this point in the year, most everything that's going to hit the shelves has. Right. And this is on the short list for me. It's on the short list. So... Here's and here's probably the unfair thing that I do with that cigar. It is not as good in the 660 as it is in the smaller sizes. That's see that is really not an issue with the cigar in my opinion. You know, we've been talking a lot on the the last couple of shows about the fact that you are no longer just beckoning for the 6x60 and you're willing to try new things and and by virtue of the fact that they tend to blend cigars to the Robusto size you're always going to get a change now your palate determines how much you like that change from one size to another yeah but it's it should not be that significant that's my you know um, it's not as good as the Africa and all, in my opinion, it, to me, it doesn't even approach the Africa. See, that's where you and I disagree. Sure, I think now that's not. I don't necessarily know that it's better than the Africa yet at this point, but it is so darn close that they're going to need the high speed film at the finish line. It's not. Don't get me wrong. It's not a bad cigar, but I do think I tend to ding it a little for not being as good in the six sixty size. It is going to take a little ding from me on that. Um, did you get rid of your good lighter? What are you doing with that? I still haven't replaced the flint. Oh, okay. Well, I'll bring you some flints. I'll <laughs> I have just a, keep for, you know. I'll put a pack of flints in my truck for you. So anyone who has a soft flame lighter, you know the, 
not all cigar shops carry flints. And when they do, they tend to be Zippo flints, which are not compatible with the type of lighter that the Julius is. I don't know if anybody else is like me. The thought of going to Walgreens just to get flints is just so mind-numbing to me. I hate running errands, especially like that. Now, if I had some other reason to be there and I could pick it up, that's fine. But it's the fact that Walgreens is pretty much the only place that carries the flints easily around here. I just don't want to go through the headache of it, and I've just been too lazy to get one. You know, the the legend is, and you'll have to tell me if this is true or not. We're, we're going to do a, a Mythbusters show here. The legend is that if you cannibalize one of the Bic lighters and get the flint out of it, that that will be the best, longest-lasting flint known to man. I have heard that. I don't know that I necessarily want to buy a Bic lighter just to take the flint out of it, though. Yes, it might be more convenient because when, when you stop for gas, you just go grab a lighter, but it then there's more work involved and right, I just, then you got to take the flint out yeah and, <laughs> and not only that but now you've paid a dollar for a lighter just for the flint when two dollars get you five flints if you just yeah but if it is a superior flint that wouldn't bother me I but d- how I much doubt it's i doubt it's three to one i do too i doubt i doubt it is because there's really here's the thing this don't pass the filter you know my my infamous right. moral filter why would Bic put good flints in disposable lighters? It would seem to me Bic would put the minimal amount of flint allowed by law to fire this lighter. Well, but it also makes me wonder if there is, you know, it's like it's like tires, right? If you're a fan of racing, you know that there is kind of a bell curve as it goes to tires. Formula One is notorious for this, and I think they do it on purpose just to make the racing more interesting. You can have the softer compound of tire, and it's going to be fast. Right. It's going to be grippy and fast, but it's going to go off in about three laps. Or you can have the hard compound tire. Now, it's going to last the whole race, but you're going to be slower for the whole race. So which do you, you know? So do you go for fast pit stops and and hope that you make up the distance on right. the better tires, or do you or do you just try to tortoise inherit on on the slow tires? I think we might have that kind of situation with the big flints. It could be that the harder flint, whatever they use, may not be as good a flint. It's just more resilient, and so therefore, do you do you inadvertently wear down your striking wheel? Right, but, but which is not a replaceable part, and Calibri doesn't have a lifetime warranty, but you get a longer life. You know, so I, I'm I'm sure there's some balance. I I don't necessarily think that it's it's an urban legend on the face of it, just by virtue of of the the expense factor. But you do raise a good point. So this week, let's go ahead and hit the biggest story in cigars. LeBron James and L.A. Lakers celebrate NBA championship with cigars. And all this is from Cigar Aficionado, but if you've turned on a iPad even remotely related to cigar content for the past 10 days, this is all you've seen or yeah. whatever day it is they won. And all, but, um, okay, so cigars long associated with the victory celebration. Right. I do applaud LeBron for not being ashamed, for picking up his cigar, standing in front of the media, smoking it. Right. I, I, I absolutely applaud. And um, a listener made a point to me. This is a real um, 
a real boon for medium-bodied cigars that he was smoking in Underground Shade. Yeah. I mean, this is that's probably really good for the um, cigar industry. It is because this is a this is a real cigar. It's not a super exclusive cigar. You know, this is it's a cigar smoker cigar. You know, if you bust out Cubans when your team wins the final hurdle in the last furlong or whatever, it. <laughs> There's something... Like you got water polo and NBA basketball confused, but carry on. They, that's how little I care about NBA basketball. You know, there's, there's something about, okay, clearly this is because it's special and they just went for whatever was most expensive that they could find. Whereas this is, first of all, how awesome is it that of the three cigars to be selected... They were all Drew Estate products. You think Jonathan had something to do with that? Oh, I'm certain. Exactly. So this is a great opportunity for some brand awareness, a little product placement. And, yeah, it's a cigar smoker's cigar. Well, and more to, more importantly to me, this is the beginning, I hope, of the pendulum swinging away from the way, the woke people. That, yeah, I won the, I'm one of the best basketball players in the world. I just won the NBA championship to prove it, and I'm going to stand up here and smoke a cigar, and if you don't like it, kiss my foot. Yeah, and I'm not going to Disney World because we've been stuck in the Disney bubble for the last <laughs> three months. I've been stuck in Disney World. I'm going to a strip yeah. club. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really like it. So the different choices were the Drew Estate Liga Number 9, the Herrera Esteli Habano, Undercrown Shade, and Liga Provada Year of the Rat. So I like this good standard cigars being smoked. I'm I'm all for it. I mean, you're the rat's a little exclusive. It is, but that's, but it's also you know, there are a lot of people that that are calling LeBron you know better than Jordan. You know, they're saying he's taken over the helm as as being the goat, and you know, so what he smokes matters more than his teammates. Well, and also. In the event that an impressionable youth decides to get a cigar and be like LeBron, he could do worse than a shade. It's true. <laughs> I mean, he really could. But also, I'm, I'm all for it. I really like it. I really enjoy that. And congratulations. Um, does, does the new NBA season start, what, Saturday? The NBA has the longest season of any sport oh, in the world. Oh, they've got nothing on hockey. I don't know. It seems like NBA just barely finishes up before they get it mopped off and preseason games start. Got, yeah, well, um, hockey's got them beat by about a month and a half. I mean, it's the Stanley Cup is usually in, like, June, and then season starts in August. Not really, but it feels that way sometimes. Anyway, let's move on. That's enough sports talk. So, Cigar Lounge creates welcoming feel in Greenwood. This is from the Daily Journal. I don't know where the Daily Journal is out of, but I assume somewhere near Greenwood. Um, <laughs> One would think. Ryan T- Terreris wrote this Indianapolis. article. Indianapolis. Ryan Terreris from Indianapolis wrote this article. And he did a good job of kind of describing what it's like to walk into a good cigar lounge. The faint smell of spicy tobacco. Modern black lounge chairs and sofas and clusters. Exposed brick and ceiling joists showing the historic building. And in the corner, a sleek black humidor offers a gateway to dozens of cigars. He did a real good way of describing This is a dude that's wandered into a cigar lounge or two. Yeah. And, uh, but the, the important part about this story 
Well, besides, the only complaint about this story is they called it the smoke pit. See, I like that. How could you like that? <laughs> the smoke pit. Where Thanks. are you going, honey, to the smoke pit? Yeah. Oh, you're going for lunch. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just, uh, I, again, I need it to be gentlemanly. I need it to sign. I don't want it to be witty for the sake of wittiness. Yeah, but you would not think twice about having a pulled pork sandwich at the smoke pit. So if, if the name's good for one, it's good for the other. I don't think so. I don't, I don't either. I don't think <laughs> Eager Beaver's Cigar Lounge works, but it's a great strip club. I'm just telling so, you, this is not, the smoke pit is not a great name for Cigar Lounge, but I applaud this guy, um, Reed Storvik, yeah, Reed Storvik, for creating this. You know, he and his wife started, they started talking about what it, they would have in a cigar lounge, what they wanted it to be. Um, he's a, um, had a, uh, sorry, I lost track. She really helped him come up with the business plan and construct how all of this was going to come together. And now they're getting to open this really nice cigar lounge. You know, it's, it's the American dream. Yeah. Does it get any better than this? No, and I think this is, this is the kind of move that both of our wives would pull too. You know, we've been talking on this cigar shop for three years about, or on this podcast for three years about how we would dream to one day open up a cigar shop, right? And I think if one day we were sitting around, you know, retired or getting near, like looking for something, it's just like, yeah, I think, I think it might be time. I don't know. And then th- three weeks later, here's your business plan. Get your button gear. You're doing it. Well, and the, the good thing about the cigar business, so I'm, I'm a big believer in choosing your clientele over the money. You know, there's a lot of money in wedding venues, but every customer you got is going to be Bridezilla. So why would you want to put yourself through that? And uh, Cigar Lounge, be good clientele, be our kind of people. Yeah, and, and what's so fascinating about that is that I have seen the same shop change completely in feel, atmosphere, and clientele based on the guy who owned it. Oh, yeah. We're sitting right now. We're sitting where the humidor used to be. Well, but I, I don't even mean that. I mean the spirit of the shop, the the way the shop feels. You know, by and large, this shop didn't really change much in terms of the overall atmosphere when Austin took over. It's a much more pleasant place, but it's not, it's the same people for the most part. and And it's the same basic. There's always a too loud TV on in the corner. There's always a couple of groups of people that have their signature place and they haven't changed. I have seen shops undergo complete transformations by virtue of the only thing changed was that the hard ass behind the counter sold it to the jolly old guy. Right. So I think there's a lot to be said when you say choose your clientele. I mean, choosing the clientele that frequents a type of business, yes, but then also who you are as the face of that company says a lot and, and attracts the right or the wrong kind of people. Well, and it's interesting because I was looking at a um, magazine this week that one of the local cigar places that's a lounge as well as does a big online business sent me. And they're starting to fall into that. You can tell which cigars the owner likes as opposed to really getting into the cigars the people like. Right. You know, Don Waddell down in Madison does an excellent job of listening to his customers. You could not walk into Donald Waddell's humidor and tell you tell what Donald's palate is. 
and all. Now, you could tell the palate of the store, but you really couldn't tell his palate. Right. Whereas a lot of cigar stores you get into, you really do see the humidor starts to take on the palate of the owner. Absolutely. And, and you know, I've seen that happen in pretty much every shop, some to lesser degrees than others. But one of the things, going back to the article, I think is great, is the fact that, you know, not only is, is this a power couple, you know, really supporting each other and, and doing something well thought out, and I, and I have every reason to believe they will be, and I wish them nothing but success. I love that they have been in the, the Greenville area for a, or Greenwood area for a long time. It's kind of giving back to the community in addition to everything else. I, I'm a big fan of the hometown hero story. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's not as big a deal in my life because I'm not a big hometown. But, hey, can't I hurt. love to see people giving back. I like to see people living their dream. I like to see people being able to pull together and do a cigar shop and live that American dream. So we're going to go from Dusty Rhodes to Nikita Koloff here. All right. The American dream to the Russian nightmare, those of you that follow wrestling. (laughs) Moscow Aficionados Cigar Festival 2020. (laughs) The Moscow Aficionados... Which is already over, by the way. Okay. The... Okay. The Moscow. Well, no, I just, I, the only reason I point that out is because this article is from the Cigar Journal. It was published October eighth, and it says that the the tenth anniversary Jubilee International Cigar Festi- Festival in Moscow from the seventh to the tenth of October. Why would you release the article after it's already started? It's not like yeah. What were we going to do? Jump on our private jet and fly to Moscow, <laughs> catch a quick cigar festival? Someone may have. I think this is more, less about the date and the article than the fact that there was actually a real cigar festival got conducted somewhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I think in 2020, that you know, it, you're not going to see a lot of cigar festival 2020 shirts going around in the future. No, those will be, a, th- those will be auctioned at Sotheby's as very rare in about 30 years. Yeah, it'll be something. It'll be kind of like when... Um, the wrong team wins the Super Bowl and they send the shirts that they already had printed off to Zimbabwe or whatever. Yeah. It'll kind of be that. But the Moscow Aficionados Festival draws the sold-out event. So this event is sold out at 150 folk. That seems a little thin to you. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, it's sponsored by Habanos S.A., which is Cuban cigars, essentially. And anytime they do events, they tend to do a little bit higher class, higher quality caliber, and smaller crowd. That's just the kind of event that they do. You know, this is not like the Big Smoke or PCA where it's... Right. You know, this is just a few people who can spend, you know, 10,000 kroner on a ticket, whatever that exchange rate is, probably like six nickels, and... You know, but can actually afford to go to these things is kind of the, the market they tend to target. Well, I, I did that article, one, because I liked the comment I got to make in the notes. But two, because I wanted to bring us to talking about these virtual cigar fests. You know, okay, this is from Cigar Journal. This is dated September 24th. And Virtual Cigar Fest will be October 16th, so this Sunday. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that is. That, Does that, the timeline line up all right for Trey? That, that's is this three weeks. Pa- that's three weeks' notice. That's okay. perfectly acceptable. That's, go- that's going to pass muster. Cigars International announced 
that the company will host a virtual Cigar Fest 2020, an entertaining weekend of vet, guest informative news and raffles. Let's take a break, but when we get back, I want to talk about the virtual event. I want to know if during the COVID time, you have been a part of any of those, if you have done anything with any of those, what your feelings are on that. And I'm really interested to delve into that just a little with you. I don't want to rush it before we get to the break and try to push it out there too quick. Fair enough. So why don't you marinate on that and we'll be back. All righty. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week, I want to talk about the Hoya de Nicaragua and Tanyo, Connecticut. Smoked one of these on the show and loved it. Was in Casa with my wife. She's never smoked one before. And I said, buy that box of cigars. You will love it. Never done that before. But I knew with all certainty, this is a Nicaraguan Puro. It has an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper over it. And one of the most flavorful Connecticut you'll ever smoke. Definitely the best cigar in the Hoya de Nicaragua line. I'm inclined to agree with you, yeah. Um, outstanding cigar, outstanding price point. The Gordo, the 6 by 50 $7.20, the Robusto's 8 And And uh, just a really good budget cigar that's going to perform every time. My wife's bought two boxes of them, and all uh, because occasionally I sneak one of hers when I'm just having a short one in the mornings or of something. Course. And just an amazing cigar. So until next week, try the Hoya de Nicaragua and Tanyo, Connecticut. Welcome back to the Cigar Fest. This is one of your hosts, Shane. The Cigar Fest? The Cigar Fest. Oh, damn. Hey, start that over. No. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man who answers my important questions in the cigar shop, like how do you know when a walrus turns into a vampire? Mr. Trey Deadman. Because the, the fangs, is that the... Yeah, well, they got the great big the tusks, big tusks hanging how out. Do you, would yeah, you how, would you, how would you know? <laughs> I'm assuming you know these things. These are questions that I ask you that I expect that you to have answers for. I mean, do you look for opera capes? How do you how do you judge whether or not a walrus becomes a vampire? I saw a walrus in an opera cape at the Ryman Theater a couple of years ago. <laughs> they played a great show. Uh, them old country guys don't age <laughs> quite as well as they used to. <laughs> and all, some of them, I feel like Willie Nelson's been the same age my whole life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, no, He's really, always been 102. Yeah, I feel like Willie Nelson's been just the absolutely same age ever since I was a child as he is now. But anyway, since you refuse to start over, let's talk about the virtual cigar fest. And I'll first give me an update on the Nicaraguan. I have gone through the first change. Uh, God, I just love this cigar. And it's so funny, too, because a couple of years ago, I got off of my Nicaraguan exclusive kick and went to be smoking almost exclusively Dominican cigars. And it was because of La Aurora. That was, it was when I first had the ADN that I went, oh, wait, I've been missing this. And so it's so interesting for me to have that company 
release a Nicaraguan that kind of reawakens my palate to that type of cigar going, oh, no, it's not that Dominican is so much better than everything else. It's that La Aurora is so much better than everyone else. Well, but I will say that is a a very Dominican-styled Nicaraguan cigar. You know, for me, the Padron is Nicaragua. Yeah, I mean, it's not heavy on spice. I'll give you that. Yeah, that is, you know, a very, Domin- it's a it's a Nicaraguan tobacco, but it's kind of rolled, kind of constructed, kind of It's a spaghetti together. western. Yeah, yeah, kind of the spaghetti western of cigars. Yeah. And you can use that, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the spaghetti western of cigars. Um, but good. I mean, a good cigar, and I don't want anybody to think my lack of enthusiasm for it means I don't like it. I like it. But um, and at ten bucks, it's really hard to turn your nose up at. Yeah, it's just it's it's not the first one I had was so good in the robusto, and then when I picked up the six sixty, I think I was really let down. And I will say I I'm smoking the Toro now. The first one I had was robusto, and I will even go so far as to say the robusto is better. If you've got anything in you that it will allow you to smoke a robusto cigar, go for that one. Because well, yeah, everybody, it, when you try that cigar, try it in the Robusto. Yeah. Get, that's the best of that cigar. And it is interesting how much that shape of that cigar changes that whole texture. Yeah, I would say more than, more than with most cigars. The Padron is excellent. There's, there's really not words in the English language that describe adequately how good Padron is. I mean, they're just that good. There's really, it's just really the only way you can say it. And all they they back up what they have, <laughs> and all they there's a reason they don't have reps. There's a reason that you don't see padrones on sale. There's a reason they don't give away bicycles, inner tubes, grills, or anything like that with padrone on it. Their product, yeah, it just speaks for itself. The, yeah, nothing nothing else is a padrone. Only a padrone right. is a padrone. And uh, so let's talk about these virtual events since we're talking about giving away bicycles and leaf blowers and all that other stuff. No, that, I, I really believe that a, 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 leaf, a leaf, leaf blower, yeah, a leave a leaf blower is coming soon. <laughs> but so Friday, October sixteenth, and Saturday, October seventeenth, they're going to be on Facebook Live with Drew Estate, Rocky Patel, Perdomo, Oliva, Macanudo, yada 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 yada. So, Southern Draw is going to be on there, and a bunch of guys like that. And they're doing giveaways, they're doing deals, they're doing specials. What do you think of the virtual herf? Tell me your thoughts. If if it hadn't been for the crazy upside-down year that has been 2020, I would have said, this seems a little silly. But it has allowed people who otherwise were sort of relegated to their own house for many months, companies who rely on having salesmen on the road, salespeople on the road, I should say, this allowed those companies to still make money and stay in front of customers and really gave customers better access to the manufacturers than they've ever had before. You know, Willie Herrera comes to Nashville with Drew Estate about once every four years. Yeah, right in there. You know, um, Don Pedro goes to Madison about once or sometimes twice a year. Usually two or three times a year. We'll catch Pedro. Okay. Um, but he's a boutique. It, but he's it's a different. small boutique. You know, um, Jonathan Drew, you can catch him at the Barn Smokers, and he does. Some, he's probably the most prolific, uh, you know, face of a brand, and you still only catch 
an opportunity to get in front of him a few times a year. Yeah. This has given people the access. Willie has done several of these. Oh, yeah. Willie does them all the time. And to me, this has separated the true salesman from the guys just cashing a check. I'm here to tell you, if I owned a cigar company and I had a, let's take the best person, I had a Kyle Davis. <laughs> That is always posting. He's always out there. He's always pushing the product. He's always doing the virtuals. He's always working. Now, and I will say, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I will say we are speaking from the southeast region here because that tends to be who we know and who we see the most. But Andy Yaffe and Kyle Davis have been the MVPs of quarantine. Oh, hardest working men in the cigar business. Uh, every time I open Facebook, there is something about Drew Estate and McAuliffe on my newsfeed, and usually multiple things. They have done a phenomenal job of actually staying out and truly representing their brands. And if I was a gentleman that owned a cigar company and my rep hadn't done that... I'd be asking some questions. I'd, I'd, I'd be evaluating his terms of employment. No, and I, I wouldn't go that far because municipalities and states have all had different regulations and com- companies have had to you know kind of impose uh, staffing rules and and changes based on kind of the majority of their um their regions and stuff like that so i w- i wouldn't necessarily go so far as to say if you weren't out there being as good as Kyle or Andy that you deserve to be fired. I won't go I won't go that far. But it definitely does beg the question, you know, we've said for years that no one does a live event better than Kyle Davis and he's proving that he's not a one-trick pony. And so I definitely if I owned a cigar company would be looking at that and saying, "Why aren't we doing it?" Right. I, that's what I would be asking. Now, granted, I know some reps from some other companies who didn't sign that up who just went along and um, called their owners, hey, how are you doing? We're checking in yep. on you. We're being sure fine. Took a much more personal rather than public approach. And, and So and I'm not going to say... <laughs> not going to say that... <laughs> sorry, Trey, Trey's wife just came in here and frightened him. He's such a, he's such a tender soul. I just had a heart attack. <laughs> and I, she should wait, man. If she'd come in like three minutes earlier when you were talking all that stuff about her, we'd yeah, have, yeah. You'd you know she listens trouble. to the show and yeah. will realize you're like lying. Three minutes earlier, she'd have just really got you. But anyway, <laughs> I do think that that's um, some. You know, I don't want to condemn anybody who didn't do a whole bunch of virtual events, well, especially because s- it comes from the company culture as well. You know. Um, Drew Estate is an in-your-face company. McAuliffe does an amazing job of, I mean, Al travels around throughout the year spending time with people. And I, I feel like we've gotten a little off topic here. But, um, you know, there are companies like Oliva and uh, Miami who have taken a much more, we're going to continue our, our online presence the same as we always have, but their reps doubled down on the contact they were making via phone, emails, and that sort of thing, and and really did a lot for those companies. So, like I said, it, it's an in, it, this was a interesting canary in the coal mine for cigar company executives. Yeah, they really got to look at what kind of salesmen they have employed through this. So I'm 
I'm really excited to that now from going away from the industry side to the individual side. Um, you know, people like them. People like doing them. They like doing the virtual thing. It's safe. It's easy. You don't have to wear pants. I mean, it's got all of those advantages. Yeah, I I joined a couple. And for me, there's just... It just wasn't... An, it wasn't immersive enough of an experience for what I personally like in a cigar event. To me, it was too ADD. Yeah, because there's all the comments rolling through Facebook and all the people that ha- really should not be talking that are typing. If you have ever been on a Zoom call or a Skype call as a part of like a conference or someone, you know, a company is rolling out a new product and so it's multiple people, you know exactly what you're getting for. Half the people don't mute their mics, and so you hear their dog barking in the background the whole time. You've got... And what's the deal with that? We're in 2020, nearly 2021. We've went through this pandemic thing. You've got to have at some point acquired a rudimentary amount of technological proficiency. All you need to learn is how to type your question, no matter how garbled, into Google. Yeah. And it'll spit some sort of answer back at you that'll probably get you where you need to be. Have you ever seen Let Me Google That For You? No. Oh, it is my favorite thing in the world. So I'm, I'm in a number of Facebook groups and things uh, for various hobbies and, and interests I have. And in, inevitably, the same three questions get asked 14 times a day. Because these people are too lazy to do any sort of troubleshooting on their own. And they just say, hey, this is my problem. Help me fix it. Right. So, and I think it's lmgtfy.com. So let me Google that for you.com. And you type in whatever the question is. And it gives you a link. And when they click on it, it actually shows in their screen, pulling up Google, typing in their question to Google, hitting search, and then it pops up the search results. It's the most passive aggressive and brilliantly diabolical thing in the world. It should just be called, hey, dummy. (laughs) Have you ever used a computer? But, you know, I, I do think that everybody, if you don't have a rudimentary knowledge of computers, spend a little time. It's yeah, not hard. It's They're not very that, intuitive. You know, 10 years ago, you had the excuse of being old. You don't have that excuse anymore because everybody who's under 80 years old has spent the majority of their life where computers have been commonplace in the household. So this is the first time that she's actually came in as Mrs. Deadman. That is true. Into the cigar cast. That's very... And as of yesterday, officially, Mrs. Dedman. Officially. Oh, all the paperwork came through. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, well, let's talk about some new cigar releases. Yeah, it's funny that I should say earlier in the show that this was... That by this time of year, anything that's going to hit the shelves has. And then we've got more new releases than we have in a long time. I'm, I'm too good a person to bring that up. You know, I, I just let you slide on stuff like that. So Tabernacle, uh, so Foundation Cigars has, um, is adding to the Tabernacle line. And we talk a lot on this about good, you know, the radioactive duck and other good, isn't it radioactive duck? Venomous duck. Venomous duck. How dare you? It's radioactive fox. Got it. <laughs> um, and, you know, how the name of your cigar matters and means a lot. I love this. It's the David and Goliath. 
And they are in two different sizes, as you would expect. The David is a 5x54 Perfecto, and the Goliath is a 5x58. Okay, so according to Tabernacle, David stood about 6'8", and Goliath stood about 6'9". I, I, I do... <laughs> Yes, you're right. I would I'm have liked... I'm just going to say, there's not a, I'm not sure that they're quite on this as they should be. I would have liked to have seen Figurato and Solomon. That would have been a little bit Robusto, more... Robusto and... Gordo. You know, Gordo. Yeah, yeah, that would have been fine. But, um, but no, so it's a Mexican San Andreas binder under Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper with fillers from Honduras and Nicaragua. Sounds like a good recipe. And we should have done these in opposite order. Uh, the uh, tobacco comes from the A.J. Fernandez farm. It does. It comes, you know, and we're going to talk about A.J. here in a few minutes a little more exclusively. But, okay. Why is David holding a sword standing over a tie, what appears to be a tied-up Goliath? Yeah, I, I do take a little issue with that, the fact that it's a saber rather than a sling. Not, not to mention he's got a full man beard. And, and one arm? What is going on yeah, there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. I, I understand you're on the surface. This looks pretty good name-wise, but they kind of missed it in the details. So Reddit has a, a subreddit called uh, Awful Taste But Great Execution. This is the exact opposite. Yeah. This is excellent taste, piss-poor execution. Oh, yeah. And all, but okay. I will, I will still smoke it. I am excited about that. So, is it the does any other cigar use a Mexican San Andreas binder? Not that I'm aware of. Is that what gives me the skunky taste of the Tabernacle? It might be. I'll have to have another one and see if I can get that. The Tabernacle I, I always so. tastes skunky to me. See, I don't get that. I, I do know what you're talking about. It's very earthy. Yeah. It's very, there's very earth, dirt like notes to it. Well, um, very skunk-like notes. I, I don't me. get skunk, but I do know what you're talking about. And but that I will very say, well could I'm, be it. I'm in the minority. Yeah. Don't get me wrong out there. I'm perfectly okay saying I'm in the minority here with the skunky hypothesis on the tabernacle. Yeah. I'll have to smoke all. another one. But now let's talk about a cigar that I am really excited about. Are you really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that you had had one of the number ones. Oh, yeah. I've got hats. I've got... I, they had... It was a big deal at the Tampa Cigar Bash. Okay. Where they enough. dropped it. We're speaking of the JTL Trinidad Esperatu Series 2. JTL? Yeah, ain't that what it says on there? No, that's the Trinidad logo. Yeah, all right. Trinidad. <laughs> Those whatever. are three T's. Okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Does that, okay. Does, Mrs. Deadman, I submit to you. Does that not look like a JTL on top of that box? Once so again, the Trinidad Esperito series proved. number one arrived last year. Uh, Once again, Shane has proved right. And it was always intended to be one of a trio. So this is the second release in that series. It is going to be a Brazilian rapper. What is that? I thought that was a, I thought Arabica was a type of coffee. No. Arapariaca. Yeah. Arab, I'm, yeah. Anyway, I think there's a fish in Brazil somewhere. <laughs> Actually, they actually rub this tobacco across the back of a fish. <laughs> <laughs> they should put that with San Andreas filler, and maybe right. you'd have a barbecue in your mouth. Skunk fish. And so, uh, over Nicaraguan. Nicar- there ahead. you go. Nicaraguan binders and fillers from Brazil and Nicaragua. Being made, once again, by the A.J. Fernandez factory. 
And I'll well, AJ is a busy man. He is. Well, and this this makes sense because Trinidad is an Altitis product. And so they have been sort of on the forefront the last couple of years of the collaborative efforts with AJ. You know, everything that we've loved out of Romeo and H. Upman and the like have come from the AJ Fernandez factory. So they have built up that partnership very, very well. And I will say, the Esperanto is probably one of those cigars that I should have smoked more of than I have. Completely agree. Uh, there's only one shop in town that I know of where you can get it, and that's part of it because I just don't get over there as much as I would like. And I know that goes double for you. Well, that's what you were talking about earlier with married life, holding you down, keeping you from getting to do the things you want to do. I'm, 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 I know. But she's here now. you got to quit saying that, Trey. Again, she'll <laughs> hear this in three days and know you're lying. So I'm not at all worried about it. What would be funnier is if it was actually true and I was vehemently uh, trying to distance myself. Anyway, um, this cigar, so Trinidad has been around forever. But I feel like Altaida's really doesn't utilize them quite to the extent that they probably could. Well, so the Trinidads for a long time were kind of a budget smoke so the premium Trinidad is a new concept that they're trying to work up here. But even still, I mean, yes, premium, because they're not $4, they're 10 But still, $10 for a cigar that smokes as good as anything else in a humidor it shares space with. And I do like that the predominant color is yellow and green, because the yellow and pink on my Trinidad hat was bothering me. <laughs> so it is nice that it's yellow and green now instead of yellow and pink. But let's hit another new one. And uh, let's talk about A.J. Fernandez to distribute Viva La Vida Cigars International. Is that life is life? Live is live? What is Viva La Vida mean? Live the life. Live the life. Well, okay. Live the life. Viva the life. Anyway, Viva La Vida Cigars. Again, this is a cigar that I've never had one of. Have you ever had a Viva La Vida? I haven't. I, I've always kind of assumed they were a little bit of a, I don't want to say gimmick brand. That doesn't really... Uh, play, that's not the word I'm looking for, but just not really worth the time or effort. Well, they're 100% Nicaraguan Puros. They're going to offer a medium to full blend, which in AJ language means full to fuller blend. Mm-hmm. And I'll, and the Habano Oscuro 2000 wrapper with a Corojo 99 Bauer. Okay, so, okay, so they're growing all of these tobaccos in Nicaragua. This yeah. is a confusing part of this article. So it is an Oscuro wrapper, Corojo binder, Criollo filler yeah. from AJ's Farms in Nicaragua. Yes. Okay. But that's the thing. This article kind of is a little muddy right there, so I wanted everyone to understand, yes, this is still a Puro. It's just different tobaccos. And, and the important thing here is that AJ Fernandez has been making this cigar for a very long time. Since it's been on the market, they've been making this cigar. It's just that now they're going to take over and actually do the distribution as well, which raises a question for me. First of all, why did it take you this long? Secondly, where have they been being distributed through before? Because, I, like I said, I think I've seen them maybe twice. Right. And I've never seen one in a store. Is the A.J. Fernandez line? Because when you hear cigar guys talking about cigars, rarely is the A.J. Fernandez mentioned as a line. It's more mentioned as an individual cigar that's blended by A.J. Fernandez. Is their branding a little off? What's going on with AJ? Tell no, me from a marketing standpoint what you think of. See, I disagree because 
if you look at the actual AJ Fernandez brand of cigars, their portfolio is relatively small. They only make the New World and Enclave, um, Ramona Yones, Diaz Glorious. They, they make a bunch that you don't see. Yeah, they do. They make a bunch at their farm, but they are not the principal owners of the company. That's, my, that's the difference. This isn't a Drew Estate situation where they own multiple cigar companies. They produce tobacco for a lot of cigar companies, and then they release a handful under their own belt. But then, like we've talked about for the last couple of years, AJ has been doing a lot of collaborative efforts with other cigar companies as well. So... You know, th- this is another one. Viva La Vida is its own company. They're just being distributed by the same factory that gives them their tobacco now, which is some muddy waters. I will give you that. But I, I don't think they have an issue with branding. And if anything, I think it's bringing more people towards their cigars. I don't know. It seems like every other week they're making a cigar for somebody else. It seems like they do a lot. Um, you know, you can look at it negatively or positively. You can say they're feeding their competition, or you can say they're making the cigar industry better as a whole. Right. I mean, imagine imagine being the owner of one of the nicest restaurants in town, but also owning the meat distribution plant in the same town that supplied the meat to all the restaurants in town. Sure. You're getting a little taste of both. But at the end of the day, your customer's having to pay more for a steak. Because there's more hands in the till. Well, no, but this is going to be the case either way. They've got to be made somewhere. And not all cigar companies can afford to have their own farms and factories. And so having cigars made in other people's factories is a a hallmark of the industry and has been for 100 years. It just seems like AJ is a little more scattershot than what I would like my marketing if I was running a cigar company. I would want my marketing to be a little more targeted a little cleaner. It seems like AJ's really just kind of jack of all trades, mastering of all trades. I mean, because he's definitely a master in whatever he does. I've not had an AJ I dislike. Well, and I think that I think the difference is, and this may be, you know, the um, the Aroa family has their hands in a lot of different companies, blends, cigars. But even the cigars that they release themselves are not released as Aroa cigars. There were, and I was stalling, hoping that my brain would kick on and I would remember the, the actual name because they're one of the most famous families in the cigar industry. I should know that. But my point is... Beca- All the pheromones flying around are just the leaving you dazed The A.J. Fernandez cigars that are actually made by and released under that brand are called A.J. Fernandez cigars. And then you've got, you know, like the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. And the other... So you're unable to distinguish between the person and the company or or the, you know, the factory and the blend, if that makes sense. But do some shops not carry... Like the Ramona Yones is hard to find. Yeah. One of my favorite cigars, one of the hardest cigars to find in a shop, in a brick and mortar possible. Yeah. And all the Diaz Glorious, another great cigar, super hard to find. So I'm wondering if they're the fact that cigar owners look and say, okay, I have already 30 cigars in my humidor, 30 facings that were made by A.J. Fernandez. Why should I order the Ramona Yones and Diaz Glorious? You may have a point there. You know, is the, are they damaging their self by spreading their self too thin? I think that depends on representation. 
But, you know, you've never met an A.J. Fernandez rep. No, I haven't. But but I, but I that kind of, kind of plays into my point because if the same person who is repping the Ramon Ionis, the Diaz Gloria, the A.J. Fernandez, the Viva La Vida, if that's all the same person, then yes, you do get a little bit of humidor fatigue from shop owners. But if you've got different reps for the different brands and it comes back yes this is made in this factory but it's not you're not giving up more of your humidor to aj you're giving more of your humidor to another boutique or something like that i think that's what's going to make the difference it's interesting it's an interesting question to ponder sometime when you're sitting with your cigar buddies around and you're really pondering it because generally if i see aj has made it i generally like it they've made very few misses in my life no, I absolutely agree. As an overall percentage, they're way ahead. AJ is one of those brands and one of those names that if I see it on a cigar, I'm picking it up. Granted, most of the time it's going to be so budget-friendly that it's hard to pass up anyway. And on top of that, I'm going to love it. Yeah, generally generally AJ blends for cigar smokers. And also, all right, let's hear your ranking on the 107 Nicaraguan. I can't wait. You are going to really be unhappy with me on this. Okay. This is a 6.99. <laughs> I know that goes against anything we ever said we were going to do as far as rankings go, and you're hanging your head to show your disapproval. So what is the point oh one problem with that cigar? The Robusto. The, the, fact, that, the, the Robusto fact that it's, is a 7. The fact that it's good in different sizes. The, the Robusto is a 7 all day long, and a strong contender for the for usurping the throne of the Africa. The Toro is just that that half a shade not as good. I'm yeah. not even going to say worse because it's not worse. It's just that half a shade not as good. If you had never smoked the Robusto, I'm going to ask you to, to visualize out above it. If you had never smoked the Robusto and you were just smoking the Toro seven. for the first shot, you would give it a 7. I would give it a 7. Well, then you got to give it a 7. You can't give it a 6.99. <laughs> I mean, come on. And all the no, actually, to, to be fair, if I had never smoked the Robusto and I was just smoking the Toro, I would probably give it a 6.5 or 6 and 3 quarters. Well, but then be, you have to give it a 6.5. But because I know that the cigar can be a 7, that's why this, it's there. So it the same there. reason you're not giving it a seven, you are giving it a. You would yep. give it a seven. Exactly. Okay. You're you're a, a multitude. You're all over the board on this. Fair <laughs> enough. But it's been one of those days, so I'm allowed it. Padron's Go ahead, seven. tell you seven. Yeah. Padron's a seven. I mean, you can't give this cigar anything that isn't a seven. It's been perfect. It's been the cigar I needed. It's been the cigar I wanted. It's given me the mouth feel. It's given me everything that I wanted this cigar to give me tonight to celebrate, to kind of cap off an amazing day. Yeah. It's really done everything for me. So how do they get hold of us, Trey? Oh, by the way, sorry about last week and losing the back end of the podcast. I don't know what happened. Some sort of technical glitch or creative editing on Trey's part. No, I was, it was the, there. I, I reopened the file. And was it there when you listened to it? Did you get the full show or did it cut off? You didn't, didn't finish it. it. You didn't finish it. Okay. So <laughs> I have consulted other listeners, more dependable listeners, and they said they got cut off too. Okay. Well, if that's the case, um, I did re-upload it just to just to see 
So if you do want to ca- catch the last, what was it, 10 minutes of the show? Yeah. Then uh, delete it, re-download it, and it should be there. I, I, It was fine on my end. I don't know what happened. Okay, so, so how do they get a hold of us to yell at you when things like that happen? Yes, and, and please do. Uh, I would much rather get nasty grams from you than Shane when, this, when the podcast uh, isn't exactly what you expected. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Cigarcast. Uh, you can send us a message there or Instagram and Twitter at The Cigarcast. You can also shoot us an email at info at thecigarcast.com. Nastygrams is entirely different than Instagram, isn't it? That's, a, that's two different companies. <laughs> yeah, very much. <laughs> okay. And I'll, do we have an address at Nastygrams? I should hope not. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.